Gone are the days of knights and chivalry, and yet that hasn't changed God's vision of you as a man of valor. Today, pornography is a simple mouse click away, and sexual addiction is at an epidemic level. Dr. Mark Laser is an internationally known author and speaker, the leading Christian authority on sexual addiction, and the host of Faithful and True's online radio production, The Men of Valor Program. Here now is Dr. Mark Laser. Welcome to our show today. Randy, we're continuing our series on the seven desires of the heart that uh, Debbie and I have written about and speak about. Today we are arriving at the third desire that we described, the desire to be blessed. Well, there's many a day that uh, I'm happy to report that I feel blessed. So uh, this is a, this is a d- desire that uh, I think our listeners are going to enjoy learning more about and its value. Now, to understand blessed, uh, I think you ha- you have to go back and review a little bit about what we talked about last week, which was the desire to be affirmed. The desire to be affirmed is the desire to be told positive things about uh, actual behaviors that you've done. Uh, it's to be thanked. Um, it's to be complimented. And uh, when we get to the third desire, it's related but one of the big uh, distinctions is that when we feel blessed, um, we feel that people admire us, approve of us, want to be with us, celebrate us, regardless of what we've done. Well, it's interesting because it's a term that I have noticed uh, has become quite popular even when you're watching uh, professional sports. And by that, uh, I was watching an interview, you know, following a game last weekend, and one of the star athletes was, you know, being interviewed about his performance or about the opportunity that he's being given. And I'm seeing, uh, and maybe it's just an indication of, uh, of professional athletes who are believers, but at the same time, the term, I feel blessed to have this opportunity. I feel blessed to be on this team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, even uh, even to the point that a player will be asked his uh, his chances of making the team with all of the NFL teams mm-hmm. uh, in camp right now. And uh, I kept hearing the you know the analogy. I feel blessed to have this opportunity. So I think it's interesting that it's also one of the seven desires of the heart, the desire to be blessed. Yeah, and even I, I think in raising that example, I would say that there's some slight element there of confusion about the difference between affirmation and blessing. Meaning that uh, you you know, and it's very common to say, "I feel blessed that I have the talent, uh, that I have the opportunity, that I've been uh, given the chance." <clears throat> I think that's a common thing to say. Uh, I would call it good fortune. I would call it uh, calling. I would call it perhaps even as a person of faith, the intervention of the Holy Spirit. Um, I think one of the keys, though, to understanding blessing is that, uh, let's say the same person who is being interviewed um, doesn't make the team, uh, doesn't uh, ever play in the NFL. Uh, I think if at the end of that uh, realization and the acceptance of the fact that he's gone as far as he's going to go, at that point he could say, "I, I feel blessed. Meaning that he has people in his life, whether or not he uh, made it in the NFL or not, that celebrate him, that right. that love him, that accept him, that find him to be a valuable human being. 
So, in other words, one of the ways I think we think about blessing is that it's that that sense of unconditional acceptance. You know, we don't have to perform, we don't have to accomplish, we just have to be who we are, and people enjoy us and want to be with us. When you and Debbie wrote the book, The Seven Desires of Every Heart, when were you struck by the fact that to be blessed, you know, should be included in the book? Well, I think it's because uh, so many people don't feel that sense of unconditional love and acceptance. Uh, I think it's also because in our field, all the men that we work with have at some level screwed up and rather uh, egregiously or seriously sinned. I think there's a part of them that despite the fact that they have made many, many mistakes, committed many, many sins, they still want to be uh, known that they're acceptable, fine, good human beings. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember thinking about it back in those early days that uh, uh, because of the fact that uh, my story had been on the front page of the local newspaper, I remember uh, the the feeling inside myself that I would like if I you know had the money and opportunity to take out a full page ad in that same newspaper that simply said, uh, "Mark Laser is not such a bad guy." because all the news stories were making me out to be kind of a bad guy. I think the desire to be blessed is the desire that, you know, we're a good person, we're not a bad person, we're uh, worthwhile, we're acceptable, we're um, basically at heart and in our, in our basic core, we are, we are good people. Well, uh, before we go to break here, um, I think it's interesting that the listeners, uh, if they have never read the book, which, by the way, is now available in paperback as well under the simplified title of Seven Desires, uh, both books, hardcover and softcover, are available at faithfulandtrue.com uh, in our bookstore. Uh, but, you know, what I have noticed since we started this series is uh, we have been contacted by some of our listeners And, you know, they want to know more about the book. And I think this is exactly what we're going to do uh, through this series. And I think uh, in the end, we will probably end up taking this series of seven shows and uh, and combining them Mm -hmm. uh, so that we can have a CD to offer uh, that uh, is kind of a visual or an audio. uh, It's not an audio version of the book because there's much, much more uh, depth to the book and how you and Debbie have written it. Uh, but if you're interested in learning more about The Seven Desires, we do encourage you to visit our website, to visit our bookstore, and to order Seven Desires or The Seven Desires of Every Heart. You're listening to Dr. Mark Laser, and this is the Men of Valor program, and we'll be right back. I know you're still just a dream Your eyes might Do you struggle with the use of pornography? Faithful and True is a Christian-based counseling center specializing in the treatment of sexual addiction and compulsive behavior issues. Our well-trained staff has the highest levels of clinical expertise combined with personal experience to understand and effectively treat your sexual addiction. 
we have a proven track record for helping men who are seeking a transformation in their lives. Our Men of Valor three-day intensive workshops, led by Dr. Mark Laser and Dr. Greg Miller, are the most effective and affordable treatment program in the country. Our workshop alumni rate our workshops as life-changing. We also offer workshops for spouses and couples. If you're ready to make a change in your life and are seeking a treatment program provided by the top Christian experts in the sexual addiction field, visit us today at faithfulandtrue.com to learn more. That's faithfulandtrue.com. Trigger of the Week. Trigger of the Week, Randy, um, comes to us again from our Tuesday night group. One of the things we're recognizing in uh, talking about this trigger is that trigger uh, triggers are not always about sexual stimuli. They're about other things that cause us to feel certain things, and that if historically our problem has been that we, we seek to medicate those um, feeling states with sexual arousal and the neurochemistry of sexual arousal, then many, many things in life can be triggers into um, that sexual arousal medication. So last night, one of the guys who, uh, I won't you know, go into what profession he's in, but there's occasionally times when uh, his profession involves a lot of physical contact and physical activity. And uh, if you looked at him last night at group, uh, you could just see that he was in a ton of physical pain. And he talked about the fact that he was on Advil and Tylenol and everything else. So he was just in a lot of physical pain, and he said his trigger of the week was, I'm in so much physical pain that there's a part of my brain that is telling me to medicate this pain by you know, getting into sexual lust, sexual fantasy, uh, the neurochemistry of uh, all of that sexual arousal. So the trigger of the week technically is uh, physical pain. Anything that causes us pain, whether it's emotional or physical, that we seek to medicate, that could be a trigger. Well, it's interesting that you say that because as soon as you started to explain the uniqueness uh, of, of this particular trigger, I re- remembered back a number of months ago where the same group of men had, uh, I think, described uh, being tired or being overworked. Uh, you know, someone who has found themselves working a lot of 60-hour work weeks, and, and that uh, that turned into that uh, your mind taking you to that place where you were looking for an escape. Mm, and so right. uh, this seems to fall into that same category where it's not a visual stimuli right. uh, from the start, but more of a more of a physical and mental uh, aspect to it. Uh, let's get back to today's program in which we are talking about the third of seven desires, and that is the desire to be blessed. One of the uh, biblical stories that uh, we always find interesting when we start teaching about this desire is the story of um, Jesus and his baptism. I think most of our listeners uh, have some basic uh, Bible knowledge, and they'll be familiar that you know before Jesus really started his career teaching, he was a carpenter. He 
uh, worked for his father, who was a carpenter, and that was not uncommon in those days for a father to follow in the footsteps, or the, a son to follow in the footsteps of his father. So Jesus, you know, up until roughly age 30, uh, was a carpenter and built things. Um, there's some speculation, by the way, theologians love having speculative uh, discussions with each other about now what kind of carpentry, <laughs> and there's some debate as to whether or not he made furniture or whether he made boats. Boats seem to be a theme throughout the New Testament, so there's <laughs> some speculation that he made boats as a carpenter. But then, of course, uh, his cousin John, who has gone before him and is baptizing, um, uh, he, uh, Jesus comes to John to be baptized, and there is that story there where uh, uh, God speaks to him from the clouds and, and says these words, This is my son with whom I am well pleased. Now, from, from that, you know, I put it in context and say, uh, God is saying that, he, that he's well pleased with his son, but his son really hasn't done any of uh, the work that his father has sent him to do. Uh, he's, he's done work that his earthly father has asked him to do. The point being, uh, it, God is well pleased with Jesus, and he hasn't done anything that we would normally think of to earn that pleasure. He just is who he is, and uh, God is pleased with him. And I, I know myself as a father that, you know, there's that sense with any of our children, Randy, that we are pleased with them, and they may do some great things, they may do some crazy things, but, you know, there's really nothing they can do that would take away our love for them. Right. That's kind of what we're talking about here, the love of a father or a mother for a child that the child doesn't need to accomplish anything. We, we are just pleased with them. We are just uh, uh, glad that they were born. Well, and it's, it, uh, it leads to that unconditional love that we've talked about before. I think when we talk about our love for our children, uh, that is really the, specifically uh, that, that level of love and commitment and acceptance of our children, no matter how they behave, uh, you can't escape the fact that we were we are always going to unconditionally love them. Well, you know, you and I might say that, but there's certainly any number of the men and women that we work with who did not experience that. I mean, they they didn't feel unconditionally loved. They they felt that uh, their parents' approval was definitely conditional. That they needed to get good grades, or they needed to go to certain uh, activities, or sports, or uh, colleges, or whatever else it is. Uh, in other words, you know, a lot of parents aren't necessarily good at the unconditional love. They they may somewhere deep inside them unconditionally love their children, but they don't uh, let them know that. They they always setting out different standards for them to achieve. Um, and then there's certainly what we would call anti blessing, where uh, some children have grown up with uh, the feeling that they're not wanted, they're not loved. Uh, one of the interesting dynamics, I don't want to go off on too big of a tangent, uh, but um, I do think that uh, you know children that are um, adopted, they are uh, given up uh, perhaps for some very good reasons by their biological mothers and fathers and uh, placed in very loving Christian homes or whatever. I mean, they, they're placed in, in great homes, and yet there's still a part of them that feels unwanted. Um, that's a deep part of themselves. It's about a deep level of attachment. 
this is nobody's fault. We're not judging anybody. You know, we might all agree that certain, you know, biological parents, if they're 15, 16 years old and they give up a child to a better family, that will give them a better chance. That's probably a good thing. I'm just saying that, you know, those those um, children are still at some point going to have to, you know, deal with uh, a decision about uh, being loved, blessed, which is what we're talking about here. Uh, I remember talking to one of our men, this is years and years ago, who, you know, went after one accomplishment after another. He went to West Point. After West Point, he went to medical school. He became a very leading uh, uh, physician in the United States military. Uh, and uh, all his life, he grew up with the fact that uh, his mother uh, was like 44, 45 when he was born, and all his brothers were at least 10 years older than he was, and his mother had been anticipating the empty nest. So when this guy came along, uh, his mother let him know most days of his life that he was a mistake, that he was uh, really not wanted, that he was uh, an accident, uh, you know, um, and, and that's what we would call anti-blessing. Some of us grew up without um, any sense of being celebrated, honored. Um, one way to know about this one is when you were growing up, uh, what were your birthdays like? Uh, how were your accomplishments celebrated? Uh, or treated, or whatever it was. I I know that the people who struggle with this this one the most, they 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 wonder what it is that they need to do in order to finally feel that sense of blessing. When you and Deb are working with couples, how is it that you represent um, or explain to them, you know, this particular uh, desire in applying it to their relationship? Well, you know, one of the interesting things about this is that uh, I think we, we look at our partner, our spouse, uh, as being a, a place where we would love to get unconditional love and acceptance. And one of the things we teach is that, you know, it's really the job of parents uh, to be the unconditional uh, people. Love who givers. Love givers. That, you know, when we get married, there is that sense of uh, um, wanting our partner to love and accept and put up with whatever it is we do. But that's pretty unrealistic, um, at least for sure, in the early days of a relationship. Uh, later on down the road, we can screw up and make some mistakes. And if our partners stay with us, you know, then that can be a sign of blessing. I think you know, for Debbie to have stayed with me after 15 years of marriage, after the disclosure of all of my stuff, you know, I think that was actually an act of blessing. But inherent in that was... Um, me changing my behaviors and becoming, you know, uh, more the man that God called me to be, particularly when it comes to fidelity and so forth. And from that point on, I think Debbie was able to move to a place of forgiveness, which at that point, forgiveness can be definitely a part of uh, blessing, you know, that, you know, it was uh, definitely a blessing for Debbie to decide uh, to stay, you know, that kind of thing. Are there other aspects like that? That's a perfect example. Forgiveness seems to be mm -hmm. a, a, a perfect kind of sidebar emotion or aspect to being blessed. Are, are there others that, that come into that same kind of category as forgiveness? Well, I do think that uh, another thing that we could add to the list there with forgiveness is, and again, it's dependent on whether or not that whatever the behavior is that has caused the damage or the harm, if the... Uh, if the husband, in our case, the, the men who struggle with addiction, if they have changed their behaviors, if they've gotten sober, uh, 
then it can also lead to uh, acts of forgiveness, but it also leads to reconciliation. Reconciliation means that I I decide to continue to live with you because I do notice that you are changing and you are becoming a different person. Forgiveness does not always imply that uh, we reconcile. Um, You know, we can forgive those who've harmed us even though they might not have changed and if we're around them, they might continue to harm us. So forgiveness does not always mean reconciliation, but if... uh, the uh, the changes in place about behaviors, then I think forgiveness and rec- reconciliation go hand in hand. Would there be any other aspects that you want our listeners to understand uh, as we get towards the end of today's show? Uh, are there any other aspects that, that you want to share about this particular desire? Well, I think one of the great uh, confusions, and we kind of started by talking about, I think, the fact that the second desire, the desire to be affirmed, and the desire for blessing are often confused. And what we generally mean by that is that if we've never felt like we've had the blessing or that unconditional love or that uh, unconditional desire to be wanted and to be uh, loved and so forth, uh, I think our wires get crossed and we think that there are things that we have to accomplish or things that we have to do uh, to get the blessing. I'm fond of a lot of movies, as our listeners, I think, probably know at this point. And uh, one of the movies that uh, is very powerful, um, I don't recommend uh, watching it for a Friday night's uh, fun, you know, uh, popcorn night. But uh, Schindler's List uh, is a really um, dark story of the Holocaust. And there is this one um, German, uh, Arthur Schindler, who decides in his factory to try to save as many uh, Jews as he can, and he winds up saving a few hundred of them. At the end of the movie, uh, all he's gone through to trick the Germans and do whatever about this, uh, he's, uh, the Jews are celebrating him. The Jews have uh, taken some jewelry and melted it down and made a ring for them, for him in gratitude, and, and they're sending him off. The, the allies are coming in. They're going to be liberating all of this. And uh, so they're presenting him with this ring out of appreciation, and and he breaks down uh, sobbing. He says, if I had only done a little more, I could have saved another life or two or three, if I'd sold this car, you know, whatever else. And uh, uh, his right-hand man during uh, this whole movie, who's really been the business mind behind all of this, kind of whispers in his ear, you did enough. Uh, Then he says, you did so much. I think all of us are longing uh, to hear those words, you know, that we did enough. Uh, Whatever it is we're called to do, whatever it is uh, our Heavenly Father um, has in store for us, um, we've done enough. You know, we don't need to do anything uh, to earn God's love. Uh, That's the ultimate source of blessing. We don't need to write more books, and I think of that for myself. I think I, I used to think that if you wrote a book and got it published, you'd be blessable. Well, you know, or got a PhD degree, you'd be blessable. I now know today that those kinds of things don't bring you blessing. What brings you blessing is the sense that the people love you despite whatever you've done. And God is that way. You know, despite all of our sins, as the Bible so frequently teaches us, God decided to send his only son for us. So, you know, I'm not going to preach any more sermons now. I'm just saying the source of ultimate blessing is God. And then, you know, I think 
one of our challenges is to bless others. You know, it's not just to sit around and long for others to bless us, but, you know, how can we be a blessing uh, to our children and to our communities and uh, to people we care about? We're going to leave our listeners with that thought, and we thank you for joining us today on the Men of Valor program. You have been listening to Dr. Mark Laser. I'm Randy Everett, your co-host, and we thank Ben Laser, our technical director and engineer, for all of his great help today. We look forward to joining you again next week when we continue our series on the seven desires of every heart on the Men of Valor program. You've been listening to the Men of Valor program with Dr. Mark Laser. For information about this program or to learn more about Faithful and True, visit us at faithfulandtrue.com. That's faithfulandtrue.com.